Hello, and thank you for joining me on the Business Essentials Podcast. This is where it gets real, and we break down everything you need to know about building and running a successful business. We'll chat about strategies, finances, tools, systems, leadership, and everything in between. My name is Viola Wheeling, and I'm your host. Come hang out with me for a couple minutes. Welcome to another conversation. I am so excited today because we are going to be talking about the infamous hamster wheel and how we can get off it. And a lot of entrepreneurs like myself find ourselves in that constant chase. And we will be talking to an expert today and she's going to walk us through, you know, how we get off that cycle and really kind of propel ourselves towards growth. Before I bring her on, I'll just tell you a little bit about her. Krista is known as the business optimizer. She has the ability to quickly cut through the noise and focus on optimizing the core things that will make the biggest impact right now to grow and scale your business. Welcome to the show, Krista. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks so much for having me today. I'm so excited to have you on. So before the show, we were talking and we really are within the same kind of service area. And it is so exciting because I can't wait to hear from your point of view, how you serve your customers doing similar things to myself. So this is going to be really great. But before we get into all the good stuff, just tell us about your company and what you do. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm the founder of the Lean Out Method. And it's really focused on helping business owners get off the hustle hamster wheel, eliminate all of the noise and just the extra stuff in their business that isn't adding value to their customers or profit to their business so that they could focus on what really matters and they could achieve whatever their own version of balance is. So they do not have to work 24 by seven and burn themselves out while they're trying to scale their business. Wow. So good. (laughs) And I like it's how so you, necessary. It's so, so good. I like how you say their own version of success because everybody has definitions. So that's really important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So tell us about this hustle hamster wheel. I mean, we hear about it all the time. We're on it. We're off it. We don't want to be on it. We want to get off it. Like, what is it? What causes us to get in that cycle as business owners? Yeah, if you think back to when you first started your business, depending on how long you've been in business, you might have to take a journey back in a memory lane there. But if you think about that early stage of business, I call it the emerge stage. Other people call it startup. But the nature of that is you work really hard. You say yes to all the things. You work with all the people. You're trying to figure out your product market fit or what really works. And there's a season for everything. And I think when you're first starting out, you do say yes more than you say no and you kind of build your hustle muscle, if you will. What you need to do as you grow in your business is you need to completely flip that. You need to say no more than you say yes. And I think you really need to get away from, it's not all about just working hard and burning the midnight oil and doing all the things for all the people. It's really about being really focused and doing a few things really, really well. But I think we just develop that habit when we first start the business because we're high energy and we're passion fueled and we're trying to figure it out and everything's exciting and we're just saying yes to everything and then we just kind of carry that energy forward and unfortunately over time it actually can burn us out or really negatively impact or slow down our business growth absolutely and i think a lot of people can relate to that because you're 
at that point you're probably just looking for experience and just trying to grow your just maybe your customer base and you're just desperate and you're just saying yes to everything i know i've been there and i had to really get to a point where i'm like i can't i can't do all of this i need to figure out what it is i'm really trying to achieve and focus on those offerings instead of trying to take on everything so i know all about that so how do we break through the cycle Honestly, it all comes down to clarity. And that sounds so simple and so easy. And sometimes it's one of the hardest things to do. (laughs) But I think you really need to have a very clear vision for your business and where you want to take things. I think it all starts there. And I talk a lot about developing what I call a next level vision, which looks at three different facets. And I'll talk about that in a moment. But I think once you have that vision and you know long term where you want to go, you then can get clear in the short term with what you should be focused on. And I think that's the key right there is sometimes people have a vision and they have goals, but the things they do on a day-to-day basis actually are not in support of their vision and goals. So they've got an endless to-do list that they're working really hard at, and it's not really moving them where they want to go, or they just don't take the time to get that clarity and make sure the things they're doing are directionally correct. And they're just being really busy and a little bit more reactive in their day, which keeps them in that kind of hustle hamster wheel. So I think it starts with that clarity of vision. And that is the most important thing I think you can do and you should revisit often. It's not a vision statement that you do once put on your website and collects dust. It's like that real true vision of the future for your business, for yourself and for your customers that I think constantly evolves and grows over time. 100% agree. And a lot of people have visions, like a vision statement for their business, but it doesn't necessarily translate to really aligning everything you do around that vision. So I think, like you said, that's the first step is having a clarity, but it needs to be backed up with basically all the other things we're getting into. Because like I said, you check off that box of having a vision statement, but how do you make it come alive every day? How do you make it dictate to you what you should be doing in your business? So this kind of leading me to my next question. So I know you have the lean out method, which you kind of use as a way to really accelerate growth. So tell us about that and how does that tie into what we're talking about? Yeah, absolutely. And I think this fits a lot with some of what you do too, right? Because kind of the basis of lean out method is strategic planning. And I have my own flavor of that that's based in lean, which is again, just that clarity around the things that actually add the most value and add the most profit in eliminating everything else from your plate. And so to me, there's four major stages that you wanna walk through. The first one is understanding your context. You need to know where you're going and why it's important. And that's where your vision and your goals and uh, your business model and some of that kind of how you operate and what's important to you comes into play. But then you need your strategic plan. That's where your clarity comes in. And that's where you have to get clear on what you should be doing right now in your business. And so it's taking that longer term vision and goals, breaking it down to something. I like to do 90 day plans. So building a 90 day goal and then breaking that down into sales and growth targets in what specific things you are going to do in the next 90 days to achieve that. And then beyond there, it's making a commitment so that you are going to go all in. You are going to achieve these outcomes that you're looking to achieve, no matter what gets thrown your way, because things always get thrown our way. (laughs) 
And then ultimately the final stage that I have is Kaizen. And Kaizen is a lean concept that means making continuous improvements and small changes for the better. And I think that what we need to be doing in our business is constantly reflecting and looking at what's working, doing more of what's working and not being afraid to pivot and say no to the things that aren't working. All right, so that is really great. And I would like you to just spend a little bit of time to kind of break down the steps of this method, of the lean method, because I always say that this strategic planning framework, that is the framework that everyone uses to make sure, to ensure that they're growing in the right direction and they're successful, whether you are a small company or you are a huge corporation, wherever this is basically the basis of what you're using to just stay accountable to your vision. And you've just kind of proven my point by laying out your own method, which is an adaptation of this framework. But I want you to spend a little bit of time just kind of going through step by step how you would apply this to a client. Yeah, absolutely. And I agree with you fully. I think that strategic planning is critical in any business of any size. And it's something that all of the large corporations are doing. And while small businesses are different, sometimes I think that we can learn from what they're doing. And if they carve out the time and the space to be doing that, I think it's absolutely something a small business owner should be doing. And so with that, when I start working with clients, I always start in the exact same place. And this is if they're a solopreneur or if they are one of those large companies, right? And the first thing is what I call that next level vision that I mentioned earlier. And so to me, there's three different facets to a really good next level vision. And I think you do need all three to make sure that the things that you're doing in your business are the right things. And the first is where you see your business in the future, whether you're looking five years in the future, 10 years, however long that is for you, You do want to say, what type of business do I want to have? What do I want to be known for? Are you building an empire? Are you trying to have more of a laptop lifestyle? There's a lot that you want to think through there. Then you want to layer on you yourself as the business owner. What do you want for your lifestyle? How much do you want to be working? What role do you want in the company? Where are you personally fulfilled in your kind of zone of genius work in alignment with what you're doing with the business? And then the third piece that I see a lot of people overlook that I think is really critical is your customer. Where is your customer five to 10 years in the future? Are they growing and evolving with you and you're continuing to serve the same people and you need to keep evolving your offers with them? Or do you serve a set market like a startup market where you're constantly trying to attract new people into your business? Because how you approach things is going to be really different depending on who those customers of the future are. And so once you have that next level vision, what I usually see with my clients is one of two things. First is, as I mentioned earlier, they've got this beautiful vision, but the things they do on a day-to-day basis aren't in alignment. And that's a you know red flag where we can go in and dive in and look and kind of map that out for them. But the other thing that I see that's really common is that their business model doesn't actually support the vision that they want. So we look really holistically starting with that next level vision and then we assess their business model and say, do you actually have a business model that's structured in such a way to be able to deliver on this vision? And if they don't, then we start to really break that down and look at what changes do we need to make. And from there, we get really clear on what do we do in the short term? So what do we do right now in the next 90 days that's going to be directionally correct, move you towards what you want and also allow you to hit both your goals as well as your sales and growth targets in the short term? Wow, that's so good because I think that a lot of times you can have a model. I see that a lot. You can have a vision, but your model doesn't support that. And you're just going in 
separate directions basically it's just never gonna be in alignment so it's important to really look at that i actually have an episode called business plan versus business model because i think we constantly have to assess our models to make sure that it's still relevant and it's in line with what we're trying to achieve because i think that also evolves as we grow but that's interesting that you you do a deep dive into the business model as part of your um, approach so what will be the next step once you've gotten that clarity what is the next phase? Yeah, absolutely. So that really gets into both defining the plan as well as implementing the plan. Because I know you know very well as somebody who does strategic planning, typically people fall into two camps. They love to plan, but don't always love to implement. Or they love to implement and get stuff done, but don't always love to plan. Absolutely. And the reality is for success in business, you need a combination of both. And so the first thing that we do is we build out that plan for the 90 days and we really get that clarity on what you should be working on. But then we dive into making sure that you're actually able to implement it. It's realistic and you're working as productively as possible once you have that clarity on the right things to be doing. So I help people look at their days and restructure their weeks, look at working in focus blocks. There's a lot of different things that we'll do with how they work and how their teams work that just helps them get more out of the time that they actually invest so that they can get off the hustle hamster wheel and not work quite so hard. We really look at working smarter and we layer on top of that things like systems and processes and automation so that things are repeatable and really simple instead of being really complex and stressful. I love it. I really love, I mean, systems, that's another one of my languages. Like mm -hmm. you just, it's really, as you grow, you just need them. There's just no way around it. You need good processes and systems. That is so good. So how in your, in this approach, how do you involve your team members? Cause I find that that's an important component. It's like being able to have everyone engage in a plan. And then the second question, just to piggyback off what you just said, you talk about 90 day plan. Why 90 days? Why not a year? Why not two years? What is your reasoning behind that approach? Yeah, I think that when you plan, I'm going to answer your second question first and then go back to your first question. But um, when you think about planning, I think that you do want plans at different time horizons. And it's perfectly fine to have a longer term plan. But to me, when you're looking beyond 90 days, it's much more of a roadmap than it is a plan. You want to directionally know what's important and what you're looking to do over that longer term horizon. But 90 days is a really good amount of time where it's just long enough that you can start to see some really big movement and some really big wins in your business, but it's short enough that it's real, it's tangible, it's something that you can actually achieve. And so it seems to be just that perfect balance. And your 90 days is where you want to actually, again, I start with a roadmap at that full 90 day level to have that target of what you're going to do. And then the detailed plans happen at more of a daily and weekly level. And I do those what I call just in time. So you don't want to plan too far in advance because a lot of that ends up being wasted. You want your high level roadmap in advance, but you want the detail around exactly how you're going to do things and when you're going to do them more just in time. And so I'm going to now answer your second question, which is pulling my team in because my team and I do this. So every 90 days, we do our 90 day planning and we set that kind of strategy for the 90 days. We map out the high level things that we want to achieve roughly when we're going to do what at a high level 
level. And then every single week we get together and we plan out our upcoming week together. Every day we each do our own individual daily plans, but we have that long-term direction. So we know where we're going over the 90 days. We know where we're going from a vision perspective and we've got that aligned weekly plan so that we each can prioritize our days in such a way to deliver on that. That's great. So you would suggest like in a company to have something similar where you kind of have a meeting with the whole team and everyone kind of understands what the priority is based on the vision and where they're trying to go and then just kind of break that down to weekly meetings of updates and stuff like that. 100%. I do this actually a lot with a lot of my large um, consulting clients. Right now I'm at a Fortune 10 client and it's something that I help them do as well. And when you're doing it with really large teams, typically you'll plan things in two-week sprints instead of doing things in weeks. But I find when you have a smaller team, a week seems to be a really good time box. So it's kind of figuring out what the right duration is for your team where it's you don't have so much overhead that you're spending all your time planning and you can actually implement, but it's short enough that you can very uh, be very adaptable and make sure that you're doing things more just in time. I love it. And, and sorry, I'm like just asking so many questions as you talk. There's so many things that I just want to clarify. There's another thing that you mentioned and you said that you have people that love to plan and then you have people that just love to execute. Tell me what kind of mindset shift needs to happen for these two extremes to kind of get them to the point where they have a healthy balance between the two. Mm -hmm. So I have something that I talk about a lot that I call the 15 by one planning model. And I, I, there's, if we take the type of person who just likes to implement, they don't like to plan. A lot of times they don't like to plan because they see planning as being really restrictive. They see it as being super time intensive and they see it as being kind of wasteful. And they probably experience those things being true for themselves at one point in their careers or in their past and don't realize that there's actually a simple, easy way to plan that gives them just enough structure that they know what to focus on, but also just enough freedom and flexibility that they can be more dynamic and adaptable, which is probably how they like to work. And to me, that's the 15 by one planning model. And it's once you've taken the time to build that 90 day roadmap, so you have that more directional information about where what you wanna do, then you should be able to do your weekly planning in an hour a week or less. And I do that even with my team or your daily planning in 15 minutes or less. And to me, that 15 minutes is broken up at the start of the day. I do about half of that time to map out my day. And at the end of the day, half of that time to reflect on my day, see what went well, see what I'm pulling forward to the next day, if anything. And when I do my weekly planning in an hour, it's the same. Half of that time is reflecting on the prior week and half of that time is planning out the next week. So it really doesn't take much time if you actually have a strategic plan in place and you know where you're going and what's important. And so I think that is usually how I've had a lot of success with people who are kind of uh, push against planning by nature. When they learn how to plan this way, they see, okay, this actually helps me. I can spend more of my time implementing, but I'm actually seeing results because the things I'm implementing are the right things. You explain it so well. Like I know so many people that I don't want to plan. This is going to stifle me. I'm going to take some notes and just regurgitate some of the things you just said to get them to (laughs) understand. (laughs) This is actually going to help you. It is not going to stifle you, but that is really great. So I think we went through the first two phases. Can we, can you walk us through the remaining components of the lean out method? 
Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So the first one was context. The second was clarity. You're right. We dove into those. So number three is commitment. And this is right. Once you have that plan, once you know what you want to achieve in this next 90 day period, you've really got to make a commitment to do whatever it takes to achieve those goals. And to me, commitment, there's a couple different things commitment, a bad side of commitment, the kind of hustle hamster wheel side of commitment is push, 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 grind, 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 do, 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 because I said I was going to. And that's not what I mean by commitment. I mean, what is the goal? What are the outcomes? Why are you doing what you're doing? That's what you want to be committed to. You don't want to be committed to the how-to and all the things. You want to be committed to the results and being flexible and being adaptable in order to achieve the results. And so what I find happens a lot with people during the course of a 90-day period is things come up that weren't expected, right? The things that get people in trouble and planning all the time are the unknown unknowns, right? As you can only plan for what you know, or you can create space for the things that you know you don't know. It's the things you have no idea you don't know, or that come out of left field like the year 2020 that ends up kind of throwing people off. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so that you need to commit to and kind of keep working through. So that's one side of commitment. The other piece of commitment to me is this really comes down to more like a productivity uh, type of piece is if you're going to do it in the most efficient, effective way possible, commit to staying focused on what you said was important in this 90 days and don't distract yourself with all of the noise and bright, shiny objects and all of the things that aren't actually in alignment with your goals for this 90 days. And that is sometimes the hardest part of commitment is not the staying focused, you know, on what I'm doing, but staying exclusively focused on what I'm doing and actually saying no to all those other things. So good. And just to add to that, nothing to add, but just to say that actually, I always say when you stay focused on the plan, then in 30 days in your case, or sorry, 90 days in your case, you're going to know if the plan is working or not. There's no point in trying to jump through different, like just switching to things because you're getting eager and try to try these different things. I feel like just stay focused on what you kind of mapped out for the 90 days. And then at that point, you can really assess and see if this strategy is working or how well it's working or what you need to change. So it actually benefits you in an analytical standpoint to really kind of stick with the plan and be committed. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And then just to build off of that is the fourth pillar is Kaizen. And Kaizen is that continuous reflection in order to improve and grow, right? And so you're constantly looking in and that's what that just-in-time planning gives you is you're evaluating and you're saying, you know what, I thought this was going to work. This isn't working. Let me pivot and try this instead. But you're still staying committed to the outcome itself. You're just being flexible in how you get there by constantly adjusting and pivoting and just really being aware and taking the time to reflect, look at your metrics, use real data, <laughs> and actually make decisions based on that. That's so good. How often would you do this kind of evaluation and kind of re reworking and adjust, adapting? Like how much time would you give? Your, do you do that in the middle of the 90 days or after the 90 days? Yeah. So I do. So I have a process that I call Chuck that I do formally every 30 days and every 90 days. But even every day and every week, as part of my end of day and end of week reflections, I'm looking in and seeing what's working, what's not. Do I need to make any changes to what I was thinking for the next day or the next week? 
but Chuck is more, it's more intentional, it's more thoughtful, and it's where you actually evaluate everything that you're doing and you make a determination of those things that you're doing, which things you should cut, which things you should hold, which things you should change, and which things you should keep. And so that assessment I recommend you do, like I said, at least every 30 days, and then you go deeper with it every 90 days. And you can use that across all facets of your business, not just your planning. You could do that with your offers and with other things you have as well. But certainly with the plan that you have in place and the activities that you're doing to deliver on it, you want to be running it through a, a series of questions to see which are the ones that I actually want to keep. Do I need to change any of the things that I'm doing or are some of them just not working and they need to either get cut entirely or at least put on hold right now so that I can focus on what is working. So good. And there's something you mentioned in the third phase that I just wanted to clarify. So the commitment and you talked about just things coming from left field. How do you deal with all these things that spring up that were not planned? You could not forecast and they just kind of popped up. Like, how do you adapt? Is it by going to this Kaizen and just kind of reevaluating? Is it kind of tied in together? Yeah, it, it, their commitment and Kaizen are so tightly coupled. And to me, it's really being committed to the outcomes and not the actions. Because what you might find is that sometimes you're going to have to go about the outcomes in a way that was a lot different than you thought because of whatever came out of left field. And sometimes it's disappointing when that happens. Sometimes it's a blessing in disguise and you find that there was actually a leaner, easier, simpler way to actually achieve the thing than you ever thought it was going to be because of this thing that got thrown at you, but you do have to constantly do that assessment and life happens, like business happens. Things just happen that no matter how good you are at planning, you just have to adapt to when they come up. And I think a key piece of that is making sure that you have space in your plan to actually handle the things that come up so you're not so overbooking yourself that you have no choice but to be on the hustle hamster wheel to deliver. And then the other piece of that is just being willing to change the how you said you were going to do it, the specific actions that you were going to take so that you can still achieve that outcome. Your strategies. I love it. Thank you so much. This is really good. Thank you for really breaking that out for us like that. And what would you, this is somewhat unrelated, but what would you say would be a strategy for business owners or small business owners that are trying to grow and don't necessarily want to get into overworking and this overwhelm? Just now learning everything that we've learned from the Lean Out method, like what strategy would you say you would give to us as an advice? Yeah, so there's a couple different facets of it. The first thing, of course, is set that next level vision and then take the time to make sure that the things you are doing on a day-to-day -day basis are in alignment with both your long-term vision and your 90-day goals. Because most things that I find is if you really take an honest look at the things that you're doing and that your team's doing, is that a lot of times they're doing a lot of things that actually aren't in support of your long-term vision or are not in support of things that you need to actually be focused on right now in the next 90 days. And that can clear a lot of the overwork and overwhelm away right there. So that's one thing, but then specifically when you look at the lens of the entrepreneur, so those of you who own the business, is make sure that the things that you're doing are really aligned with your zone of genius work. Those things that are uniquely kind of positioned for you to be doing and that you have your team doing everything else, right? Align them to their own unique zone of genius that's different from yours because 
all work is not created equal. There's things that you do if you work an eight hour day, there's things that you're gonna do that are gonna fuel you and you're gonna feel amazing when you do them and it's not gonna feel like work at all. And there's things you're gonna do that are gonna drain you and it's gonna make it feel like the longest, most painful work day ever. <laughs> and you wanna be spending your time doing the things that fuel you. And while you may not be able to spend 100% of your time there, you do wanna spend as much of your time there as possible because it does help you avoid burnout. It helps you avoid that overwork and overwhelm. And that's where I think you really do need to leverage team as well as systems and processes and automation as much as possible. So you're only doing those things that are necessary. You're not known as the business optimizer for nothing. <laughs> this, is, <laughs> this is how you do it. This is so good. Oh man. Thank you again. I knew it was going to be a great conversation because it's such a different approach to what I do. I've just really eating up everything and just really appreciating things from your vantage point. So thank you so much for really breaking it down like this. This is really useful. And the last question I have, and this is again unrelated to what we've been talking about, but I love asking this of everyone that comes on my show. What is the biggest lesson you have learned in this season of your business? Yeah, so I don't know if you do this, but I always define a word of the year or a phrase of the year. And for this year, what I defined is inspired growth. And I think my biggest lesson is I want to grow my business in a way that I feel inspired to. And that also helps to avoid overwork, overwhelm, and hustle hamster wheel by doing the things that feel aligned for me instead of doing what I feel like you should be doing. And I'm saying shouldn't air quotes there. And I see so much of that. And sometimes you don't even realize that you're actually doing things because you think you should, because you hear it so often, you just think it's the way that it needs to be done and you don't. And so I took a really big pause going into this year to say, as my business is growing and growing pretty rapidly here, I wanna make sure that I'm growing it in a way that I feel inspired to, and that's gonna be inspiring for my customers. And so I think that's my biggest lesson learned is there is no one path to success. If we circle this right back to where we started in the beginning, and I think that you define your own path. And for me right now, I'm really focused on doing the things that I feel inspired to. 100%. And I think sometimes we forget and kind of, I, let me speak for myself. Sometimes I forget and then kind of get carried away in looking at what this standard of success is. And I have to reel myself back in. But thank you for this reminder, because again, I want to be inspired. I don't want to just kind of do what I should be doing. Mm -hmm. So this is great. It's so funny that you mentioned that you have a word for the year. I was actually just listening to a podcast and this guest on Ed Milet show was talking about he has a word for the year. And I used to have that a while ago. And I was like, man, I should definitely go back to that. But this is literally, I was listening to this about two hours ago. So you have really just confirmed <laughs> to me <laughs> that I'm going to have a word for this year starting in March. It's not too late to have a word for the year, but thank you for sharing that. I love it. And you know how I talk about next level vision to me, word of the year or phrase of the year. It's like taking your next level vision and breaking it down to a single word or a short little phrase. Mm. So you constantly have that reminder of kind of what you're focused on for the year. Right. That's great. Man, this is amazing. Thank you again. We have come to the end, but before I let you go, I want to give you, I know you have so many great projects you're working on. 
I know the audience would definitely want to link up with you. So let me give you an opportunity to share any projects you have going on and where we can find you and get in touch with you. Yeah, absolutely. So I just recently launched my own podcast, which is exciting. Um, so if you guys want to hear more about, you know, strategic planning and leaning out, you can find that at leanoutpodcast.com. And then I do workshops all the time. I do free five-day workshops where I dive in and really help people understand how to do each stage of the lean out method like we talked about today. And if you want to join me for one of those, you can find the details at leanoutmethod.com slash simplify. Amazing. And I will link all of this in the show notes so you can just click and find everything you're looking for. Thank you so much, Krista. I appreciate you pouring out. And until next time, I will see you later. Thanks so much. Thank you for hanging out with me during this episode. If you have any questions or comments, I would really love to hear from you. Bye for now. And always remember, you've got what it takes to win.